pain has reached epidemic proportions in America. I'm Dr. Paul Christo. This is Aches and Gains. Dr. Paul Christo is one of America's leading experts on relieving pain. He's board-certified, Harvard-trained, and a pain medicine specialist at Johns Hopkins. U.S. News and World Report ranks him as a top doctor and among the top 1% in the nation for pain management. Becker's Review selected him as one of the 70 best pain management physicians in America. He's listed as a super doctor for the Washington, D.C., Baltimore, Northern Virginia area. Aches and Gains is a weekly talk show covering all aspects of pain and pain relief. The human impact is real. Older adults, children, and even infants struggle to cope with pain. But there's hope. And there are treatments that can ease pain and suffering. The show offers compelling stories about people who've found relief. We share cutting-edge treatments from contributing experts, and we offer ways to help people cope with their pain. Welcome to the show. Have you ever concentrated so intensely on a project that noises and distractions are shut out? Have you ever daydreamed and lost track of what was going on around you? The dividing line between a normal waking state and a trance state is not always a definite one. Hypnosis is a mind-body healing approach that's been used successfully to manage acute and chronic pain, including cancer pain. Its analgesic effects are well known during dental procedures, biopsies and burn wounds, headaches, and irritable bowel syndrome. Ross Chambers talks to us about how well hypnosis relieved aggravating chest wall and shoulder pain following a pacemaker implantation. Then Dr. David Patterson, psychologist and hypnotherapist from the University of Washington School of Medicine, shows us the benefits of hypnotic analgesia on a variety of painful conditions. Aches and Gains is supported by Medtronic, Endo Pharmaceuticals, Pentec Health, and Boston Scientific. For live online listening to Aches and Gains, please go to paulchristomd.com. To access podcasts of the show, please go to paulchristomd.com. That's paulchristomd.com. If you have questions or comments for Dr. Christo, especially for upcoming shows, please email him at achesandgains at gmail.com. That's achesandgains at gmail.com. Ross Chambers has a background in commercial real estate and is a volunteer fundraiser in Seattle, Washington. He's here to share his experience with hypnosis and how effectively it treated the pain from a pacemaker implantation. Ross, welcome to Aches and Gains. Thank you. Talk to us about why the pacemaker was initially implanted. Well, I had a couple of heart issues and uh, the doctors thought it would be best to uh, put a pacemaker slash defibrillator in during the course of the year 2008. Where was it placed and then when did the pain develop? Uh, upper left-hand side of my chest. It, it varied. It was there. It was also uh, back, top of my shoulders. It pretty much stayed in that area. They called it frozen shoulder. Ross, uh, was the pain there all the time or just several times a day? And how intense was it? Periodic, several times a day. Sharp enough that it caused me to double over in pain. It wasn't pleasant. No, it doesn't sound like it at all. Uh, Ross, did you try any things like uh, nerve blocks, pain medicines, acupuncture, or even physical therapy? I went in for physical therapy. Awfully nice people. They did everything they could, but it didn't change the status one bit. How did you eventually choose hypnosis? The physical therapy did not work. That, uh, As I mentioned, I have a close association with Dr. Patterson because of virtual reality pain control uh, research that he does. And uh, he said, why don't you come in and... Uh, see what I can do for you. Did you have any preconceptions about the, the value of hypnosis? No, except uh, it worked with some people. Take us right into a session with you. W- what was it like? It was just a very calming 
atmosphere. The chair was very, very comfortable. He made sure that I was uh, relaxed. And then he started reading this uh, story about walking down to the ocean. And uh, along the way, I would pass 10 different rocks. And uh, coming back up, I would pass the same 10 rocks again. And he had a way of delivering it that uh, was very calming, soothing, and uh, I wasn't quite sure what the point was because I didn't, I didn't lose consciousness. And then, Ross, once you reached that point of almost complete relaxation, what happened next? That's when he started in with the, uh, the I call it a story. Uh, you follow along, and uh, he used different inflections, of words, etc., and uh, sometimes relatively long pauses, but uh, very interesting. He mentioned a few times that uh, the pain will dissipate, and you will regain full motion. Well, in fact, how much did the pain actually dissipate from the hypnosis? The CD that he made was uh, just for me, addressing my problem. It was not something that uh, he got from somewhere else. It was uh, very personal, mentioned some family members, uh, etc. I was told to listen to it daily for a month, which I did, and uh, in one month, the uh, pain was gone, period. Wow, that's remarkable. Ross, so it sounds like Dr. Patterson made a, a CD of that session that you used subsequently. And I'm wondering, did you experience anything extraordinary? I told him I was uh, dreaming, falling off to sleep, thinking of other things, etc. And uh, he said, that's great. That's exactly what I was hoping you'd say. Has the pain ever returned? Never. Did the chest wall pain and frozen shoulder pain go away immediately from the hypnosis, or did it take a longer period of time? I think that the effect was that the pain gradually subsided. It was pretty amazing. Ross, do you feel that hypnosis could be as effective as taking a pain pill? Oh, sure. I, I think it's underutilized. People probably have apprehensions about what it would do or what it would open up to the world without their knowing it. Yes, I think there are many who are afraid that hypnosis might make them do something bad or something that they ordinarily wouldn't do. In retrospect, should you have started hypnosis earlier? Probably, but I never thought of it. I just went the normal route, go to a provider, and uh, PT was the suggested answer. How highly would you recommend hypnosis? Oh, at the highest level. Absolutely. And finally, what would you say to someone who's on the fence about hypnosis as a medical approach to managing pain? You know, if they're hurting bad enough, I don't think they have anything to lose by not trying it. Ross, thank you for your time today. Thank you so much. Up next is Dr. David Patterson, hypnotherapist from the University of Washington School of Medicine. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and this is Aches and Gains. Aches and Gains is supported by Medtronic, the global leader in medical technology, alleviating pain, restoring health, and extending life for millions of people around the world. If you have questions or comments for Dr. Christo, especially for upcoming shows, please email him at achesandgains at gmail.com. That's achesandgains at gmail.com. Dr. David Patterson is a psychologist, hypnotherapist, and professor in the Department of Rehabilitation Medicine at the University of Washington School of Medicine. He studied and written about the application of hypnosis to ease a variety of painful conditions, such as back pain, burn trauma, and broken bones. Dr. Patterson, welcome to Aches and Gains. Thanks. It's nice to be here. First, talk to us about your book, Clinical Hypnosis for Pain Control. The book is a kind uh, is a combination of the science that's been done and reviewing the studies, but then most of it's very practical 
uh, how to use hypnosis for clinicians. And it really is geared towards clinicians working with pain, but um, it, it really tells them how to use it effectively for both acute and chronic pain. Dave, what is hypnosis? Uh, well, I, I think uh, hypnosis is, is one of the brand new things to come on the front in pain control. And even though it's been around for hundreds of years, the, we're really getting great results now and great scientific data behind it. I, th- I think the best way I can define it is a, a cooperation between two people that results in focused attention and increased uh, receptability to suggestion. I, th- I think that's how I define it, but there's a lot of other things I could say about it. Well, talk to us about inducing a trance, because it seems like a trance is a, or maybe a part of hypnosis. Well, a trance um, is, uh, very often people say that daydreaming is a form of trance, and there's some, there's some schools of thought that we go in and out of trance and daydreaming all day long. Um, one, one way that I like to... Um, to, to view trance is a special learning state, so um, th- that, that your brain is more receptive. And the way I might w- want to put it in um, neuropsychological terms is that the, the judgment and screening by the frontal lobes becomes shut down during a trance state, and, and you, you seem to just be able to talk directly to the brain without the, the subject screening it as much. How beneficial is hypnosis for acute pain, like, like surgery, for example? Another good question. I think I think a lot of the work started out with acute pain, and that's where we really showed dramatic effects. We were finding dramatic effects, and they, you know, my my particularity was burn pain and the the daily debridements and surgery. For acute pain, you can use blocks, you can use morphine, you can um, use anything that that works to eliminate the pain. Um, and I, I think that hypnosis has a lot of parallels. You, I mean, you can go in and for for some subjects, it's just absolutely remarkable how you can remove a huge amount of acute pain and they just seem unaware of it. So pre-surgery is a really good application, um, dentistry, childbirth, burn debridements. Right. You know, and speaking of surgery, hasn't it been used by itself as an anesthetic? Yes. It was becoming popular as a potential sole anesthetic. And then there was the advent of ether. You, you know, once the ether caught everyone's attention, um, hypnosis uh, went to the side. There were dozens of major surgeries that were reported with hypnosis as a sole anesthetic. I, I actually don't recommend it just because I don't think it's necessary because anesthesia is so effective. But, but I think that occasionally you get a patient that has adverse uh, reactions to anesthesia or whatever, and it's a nice alternative. That's a great point. I feel like hypnosis is used much less frequently than other mind-body healing approaches. And despite a 1996 NIH panel statement saying there was strong evidence for hypnosis in alleviating chronic pain from cancer and other chronic pain conditions, it's still pretty underutilized. Why, why has that occurred? There's probably two reasons. One is a little bit of the stigma that's been attached to it. I mean, for, for um, decades, it's kind of waxed and waned and, and as far as uh, whether it's a real phenomenon and all that. And that's definitely changing. The other problem is that it's kind of a different type of clinical skill, and, and, and until the clinicians can get past that barrier and, and feel comfortable with it, it's, it's not that easy to use. So I think that the barrier is just training. Dave, if hypnosis really helps the patient's pain, should that person be concerned that the pain must therefore be all in their mind or that it's not real? Um, basically, what happens a lot with chronic pain is that people's brains become wired to 
to experience pain, even though that the cause of the pain might have gone. I mean, the pain is very real internally to them. Either way, hypnosis is, is really an effective way to, to approach it. And, and in a way that doesn't have side effects or, you know, invoke um, costly addicting issues. When we come back, we'll talk to Dr. Patterson about a frequently asked question. That is, can the hypnotist exert mind control? I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and you're listening to Aches and Gains. Aches and Gains is supported by Pentec Health, one of the nation's largest pharmacy and nursing companies dedicated solely to providing in-home care for patients with implanted pumps used for the treatment of severe pain or spasticity. To access podcasts of the show, please go to paulchristomd.com. That's paulchristomd.com. And we're back. We're speaking with Dr. David Patterson, who's a psychologist and hypnotherapist from the University of Washington School of Medicine. Dave, talk to us about, well, actually, can you dispel the myth that hypnosis puts a person to sleep and that the hypnotherapist can exert mind control? Yeah, first of all, hypnosis isn't sleep. And and generally what you see is when someone's in a hypnotic state um, and you give them a suggestion, like you say, you know, nod your head if you still hear me, the people still respond. And so at some level, they're still, um, they're still responding. And it, the other thing is that there's a series of, of many studies that have demonstrated that people don't do things under hypnosis that they wouldn't ordinarily do. My understanding is that in the, in the 1950s, the CIA did um, studies to, uh, to see if you, you could hypnotize people to become a, a, a hitman much like the Manchurian candidate, and um, they, they weren't able to, <laughs> it just didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work. <laughs> no. no. You, you know, when people are in stage hypnosis and it's all in fun, they, they might do wacky things. There's that, you know, the classic saying about quacking like a duck or uh, making chicken noises or whatever, but that's all in the context of stage hypnosis, but it's been pretty reliably demonstrated that they're really not going to do negative things like that. That's reassuring. Can anybody be hypnotized? There's about 10 to 20% of the people that just have very little response to it. In those cases, it probably isn't going to be helpful because, you know, they're not responding at all. What determines hypnotizability? It's thought that hypnotizability is a, there's a genetic component. People are receptive to it, but then there's a lot of environmental things that, that influence it. Um, and one thing is, in my area, is trauma. I work in a trauma center, and very often when people are traumatized and in high levels of pain, they're, they're very motivated to uh, try something new, and that, that motivation um, really, really is a big factor, too, about whether people can be hypnotized. Let's talk now about how hypnosis actually works to reduce pain. What happens with hypnosis is that you see the parts of the brain that process attention light up first, and then you see a series of brain changes, and... It's been said that the, the influence of the left hemisphere over the right hemisphere becomes attenuated, so you, you're able to, uh, to go into more fantasy-prone and imaginative work. It looks like the screening that our brains do that say, you can't do this, it's, it's impossible for this pain to go away, it, it seems like you're able to just directly influence those parts of the brain that are controlling pain. That's the best way I can explain it to you, but we, we, all, we all debate it on a daily basis. Dr. Patterson, which areas of the brain where pain is processed are the most influenced with suggestions given during hypnosis? If you give suggestions for pain to be less intense, you'll see changes in the um, sensory cortex. And if you give suggestions that people are going to suffer less, 
and then you'll see changes in a different part of the brain, the ACC, kind of where the seat of emotion and, and suffering is processed. So the most current research shows that uh, hypnosis reduces the spinal cord processing of pain, reduces the awareness of pain, or that is pain intensity, and then reduces the affective component of pain, which is the emotional response to it. Well, all, all those are true, and, but, but what we know is that a large part of it is uh, how the, the suggestions are worded. And, and so if the suggestions are, uh, are worded in a certain way, they'll influence those processes. Can you, as a hypnotherapist, uh, then suggest that a painful sensation be felt only as warmth or, or coolness? Absolutely. And that's, that's one of the primary analgesic approaches is to take a sensation and to change it. The most famous uh, clinicians that ever worked with this Milton Erickson, when he talked about uh, treating pain with hypnosis, he would uh, very often recommend trying to change the processes, as you said. So rather than having a sense of, of pain, there would be instead a, a sense of coolness or comfort. That really is pretty remarkable. When we come back, we'll talk to Dr. Patterson about what it's like to really be hypnotized. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and you're listening to Aches and Gains. Aches and Gains is supported by Endo Pharmaceuticals, a U.S.-based specialty healthcare solutions company that delivers innovative diagnostics, drugs, devices, and clinical data to meet the needs of patients in areas such as pain, urology, oncology, and endocrinology. For live online listening to Aches and Gains, please go to paulchristomd.com. That's paulchristomd.com. Welcome back. Dave, will you take us into a typical session? The way I think it's ideally done is just getting people's attention. And that's the old saying about the swinging watch or, you know, or, or staring at a dotted wall, but you really get their, their attention focused. Then you usually get them to start relaxing. And usually that's getting to, to focus on their breathing. And, and, and when, when people attend to their breathing, it typically slows down. So there's uh, attention, relaxation, and then there's a deepening phase. And that's usually done by counting and very often can have patient picture themselves walking downstairs or going down an elevator. But the message is the deeper I count, the deeper in the hypnotic state you'll go. Um, and then after deepening, it's the um, suggestion phase where at that, at that time you're talking to people how they're going to experience pain relief or, or lifestyle changes. And then you alert them, um, and, and, you, and you, alerting people is real important because if you don't do it properly, people can feel confused or, or have headaches. So you want to make sure that they come out of it completely and they feel wide awake. Um, the real art to it is in the middle of the suggestion phase because that's where it takes a lot of training and knowing exactly what to say to patients to, to help them feel more relief. Are the sessions typically 20 to 30 minutes? Yes. And about how many are needed? With acute pain, you can often get great results with one session. With chronic pain, you can almost never get results with one session. It's, it, it kind of has to be built into a kind of a psychotherapy ongoing treatment type of scenario. Dave, how much does hypnosis cost and is it covered by insurance? Um, it ranges from, you know, $100 to $200 very roughly. Some of it is covered by insurance and some of it isn't. For what pain conditions is hypnosis the most useful? One of the big distinction is neuropathic pain versus muscular skeletal. And that type of pain that follows an amputation, um, that, that might follow diabetes, that, that basically is the result of some type of nerve damage um, that you could probably explain better than I could, Paul. But the other type 
of general pain's musculoskeletal, and it's due to cartilage wearing and, and muscle and tendon weakening. Neuropathic pain responds much better to suggestions directed right at pain relief. Musculoskeletal pain does better with suggestions that are focused on strengthening um, lifestyle and so on. Dave, talk to us about which conditions are most effectively treated with hypnosis. Uh, things like uh, temporal mandibular joint disorder or headaches or irritable bowel syndrome. Irritable bowel syndrome, phantom limb pain is a good application. Headaches is a very mixed bag. There doesn't seem to big, be a big difference between hypnosis and in relaxation training for headaches, but um, it, it definitely can help people cope with them and make, make them uh, more livable. TMJ, I think, is a, a really good, there's a lot of potential for hypnosis with that. And arthritis, I think, responds well as long as the emphasis is on lifestyle as well as pain relief. I, I think arthritis isn't going to do well if, it's, if the, the sole focus is on just making the pain go away. I think it's, it's changing lifestyle. Right. Dave, uh, in general, how much pain relief can people expect from hypnosis? 75% of the people in a meta-analysis experience some relief. You can anticipate a 30% reduction in your pain, very often dramatically more. It just varies so much by individual it's in, and by t the type of pain and the circumstances. It's hard to give a general answer. Exactly. You know, in the interest of time, I want to summarize uh, some of our offline conversation about hypnosis. First, that uh, after hypnotic sessions, generally patients have a few hours of relief, which can extend beyond that to even a few months if it's practiced regularly. And then self-hypnosis is really the goal of uh, each hypnotic session such that uh, a CD is provided to patients so they can use hypnosis regularly. And in fact, the data shows even better relief as a result of regular uh, self-hypnotic sessions. It's not indicated or, or not recommended when pain may be in an important message to communicate, for example, uh, in the case of an appendicitis, or if patients have had some traumatic event in childhood. And Dr. Patterson, I wonder whether hypnosis might be especially useful for those who can't tolerate pain medicines or injections, or in those at higher risk of side effects, like children and older adults. Oh, absolutely. I'd also like to highlight your research on the remarkable levels of pain relief achieved from hypnosis in burn trauma. And then also uh, that hypnosis has been very successful in managing cancer pain, the nausea from cancer and chemotherapy and cancer-related procedures. And finally, for those interested in finding a trained hypnotist, they should go to the American Society of Clinical Hypnosis website. Dave, before we close, what's new in the field or in development that awaits us? One of the things that we've done is to use immersive virtual reality to induce hypnosis. But our, our latest application is to use these three-dimensional worlds and we put patients in them and they see themselves going downward and seeing numbers, and, but their eyes are open and they feel themselves descending. So we're using the virtual reality to actually induce hypnosis. Certainly the brain imaging studies with hypnosis are, are really exciting and that's been a recent development as well. Dr. Patterson, thanks so much for joining us today on Aches and Gains. It's a real honor to be on your show and really enjoy talking to you, Paul. Next time, we'll learn about the remarkable role that therapy dogs play in reducing human pain. We'll hear how Jody Tuckett's devoted dog, Susie, helped her fight her way back to a productive life after a severe traffic injury. Dr. Don Marcus then shares some remarkable studies on the value of therapy dogs in helping us regain a pain-relieving, healthy lifestyle.
I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and this is Aches and Gains. The views and opinions expressed in this radio program are solely the views of Dr. Paul Christo and do not necessarily express the views of WBAL Radio, Hearst, and Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine, nor an endorsement by any or all of them of any of its content. This show provides medical information, not advice. Please consult your personal physician before engaging in any course of treatment or use of any of the techniques or products discussed on this show. Discussion of particular uses of products on this show have not been approved by any of the manufacturers of such products. For live online listening to Aches and Gains, please go to WBAL.com or PaulChristoMD.com. That's PaulChristoMD.com. To access podcasts of the show, please go to PaulChristoMD.com. That's PaulChristoMD.com. Aches and Gains is produced by Tom Blair and Ty Ford. Elsa Langford is the technical consultant and engineer. Dr. Paul Christo is the executive producer. From WBAL Radio, 1090 AM, you've been listening to Aches and Gains with Dr. Paul Christo.